Welcome back to another episode of Pep Talk. Right now we're on the sixth episode. Today we're joined by a special guest, Michael Rivera. My name is Jeffrey. My name is James. And just before we all get started, you know, before everything, Mike, if you could just really quickly introduce yourself, you know, and tell us all about what Sanctuary is about. Well, my name is Michael Rivera, and I work with Sanctuary, which is under the, which is actually within the Huntington Youth Bureau. So we work closely with Excel on many things. Um, Sanctuary is primarily a um, runaway youth agency that deals with youth from the ages of 12 to 21, having to do with any youth that have a um, runaway from the home or a couch surfing or having issues within the home. And then in that case, we can family mediate and work further from there. Um, like I said, again, we, we have a bunch of other programs, but if I went to all that, we'd be here, we'd be here all day. <laughs> well, it's, it's just a number of great services, right? I mean, sure. Mike, thank you so much for the introduction. Honestly, great services that you're doing. So really, now I'm curious, what made you choose social work, you know, working with Sanctuary? I mean, it's a real complex question because I think back at social work, I, I would have never seen myself here. Um, if you asked me this like 10 or 12 years ago, I guess I had a lot to do with, with me growing up. I face a lot of challenges having to do with racism and exclusion along with like the typical stuff of teenage fighting or friends breaking up or just um, school in general. But um, so take you back a little bit to when I was younger as I grew up. I grew up Latino in a small town um, in a primarily white school and I feel like that's an important detail other than the race aspect for, for my growing up part but um, more so the feeling of it. The important detail about that is that the feeling of being left out or feeling different from everybody else, I believe that in everybody's life, there was that feeling either once, twice, or, or consecutively throughout their life. So even though I felt like I was at a disadvantage or that I felt I didn't have a fair chance, which I, now looking back, I think I did, um, just didn't feel that way at the time. I had a, a great family, great uh, friends growing up it's just the, the the bumps here and there as growing up were just taken i guess a little bit more seriously so, so if it were not for certain people at that school um i think my my life would look very different i could say everything happens for a reason uh, at that time i felt like i was suffering but i guess i would always think to myself how could i think i'm suffering when i have two parents you know my parents are making enough money to put food on my table give me clothing send me to school and that's a lot more than a lot of americans can say so that was really messing in my head a lot uh, how could I feel this low? How can I feel this sad when I have these things, right? So as I grew up more, I started realizing it doesn't matter how much capital you have or how many people you know or how many family members you have because pain doesn't discriminate. Um, doesn't matter if you have money. Doesn't matter what color your skin is. It's gonna uh, pain is pain. So I took that as an opportunity, kind of like a sign when I started understanding that a lot, as if. Um, like kind of like a righteous sign, if you want to say. I kind of felt like I was given an opportunity that nobody else was given, and I didn't see myself going to college, so I took that as a motivator. Mm -hmm. uh, so when I started making my way through college, I actually didn't didn't um, go for human services or social work at all. I went for business and marketing. And going through that, I felt like um, that wasn't for me. It just wasn't my character. So little by little, I went through, and I started feeling like, um, hey, let me, let me think of a new way that I can elevate myself and how I can myself and my goals so like throughout college I kept asking myself the magic question I feel like it's a very important question for whatever career you want to be in and is the question is why am I doing this and the answer to that is for me personally is all it takes is one person to make a difference and I definitely wanted to be that person in everybody's life because growing up I felt like I was lost or like I didn't have anybody you know I but I couldn't relate to a lot of different people. So I just wanted to help out people that felt like me and obviously other people that are way worse off than I was as well. Oh, that is wow. very powerful, very, you know, personally, that just gave me a new outlook on life, honestly, because, you know, it's a sign of maturity, you know, growing to appreciate 
the things that you have that others don't. So I can see that, you know, that is a big turning point in your life and invoked a lot of thoughts. And, you know, I'm glad that it did because I'm sure people like you, you know, helping people find their role and what they want to do. That's amazing because a lot of people are lost like you were. So that's great. Honestly. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it a lot. I mean, like I said, um, it's definitely a good feeling to get back in the way that a social worker allows you to get back. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think it's very powerful also because you took all that pain and bullying and how you felt like you weren't really belonging in that aspect in school and you put it towards something positive, something you can help kids that were in your situation. So I think that's that's really great. How long have you been working for Project Sanctuary? I've been working there for about a year and a half. Started uh, in December, so it's about a year and a half from now, yeah. We're hoping for many more years. (laughs) (laughs) This type of job would probably give you a whole lot of powerful experiences, so here's the new ones. Yeah, And speaking of that, you know, with... The situation when COVID-19, what does Sanctuary do different? You know, how are you responding to that? So this is a very difficult question to answer because with us specifically, um, and with everybody, for starters, I mean, just working from home has its difficulties in itself, having to do with technology and, and not being able to talk to anybody. With our profession, my profession, being social workers, having contact, physical contact with people, especially being in a, in a place that transports youth from place to place. So I would have to say um, the biggest thing and impact this virus has had on us is I'd say the ability to outreach and transport, more so because um, we didn't have access to PPE masks. So our services really had to focus on prevention and working closely with shelters in regards to entry. So since every case is so different, it's really hard to say um, how things have changed because we have been able to, to successfully do our job. It's just been a little bit more difficult. That's really what people need in this time of peril or worry, really is your services so we're more than appreciative what you're doing is helpful thanks so i'm sure with covid19 there's a lot of virtual programs one of the new programs so the programs we have i have to start off with the fact that covid like i said before covid has changed so many things that we had to make sure we're doing everything safe and and correctly start programs for youth dealing with covid19 so we highly believe in importance in practicing social distancing as is vital since people don't know if they're spreading it even if they they don't know if they're sick or not so they can get and test positive weeks or days later after they they're sick so they can be out distributing this virus without even knowing so for us social distancing is a big part because it can prevent those from getting covid19 and those who are at high risk due to their high aid to their um their age or pre-existing medical conditions. So for example, people over the age of 65 or that have diabetes are very high risk. So I encourage all of you to actually check out the CDC website if you have not done so already as there are many more risk factors to be aware of. If we do not take proper precautions in our practice, it can endanger many more people. That being said, social distancing, I think is key for all of this. So here are some tips that we use and that everybody I feel should be using as well coming straight from the CDC website. So if you didn't know already, stay six feet away from people. Don't conjugate in um, big areas. So stay two uh, arm lengths away from somebody. Don't be in crowded areas, as well as frequently washing your hands for about 20 seconds with soap. So with all that said, we have um, we have created programs to ensure we can still reach our youth in a safe way through virtual programming. So we have parent study groups, which is a program to help aid parents in understanding parenting styles and to talk about common trends that are ongoing in teens' life, like right now. How is it to 
raise a teen under quarantine. So parent study group is a good way to find information about that. We have mindfulness programming in which we speak about and practice mindfulness techniques like meditation or other coping skills. We have provided a movie, a movie club, which in which we set movies out to watch for youth. And then we'd come together as a group and discuss it. Um, and then we discuss their common themes within the movie. And we do the same thing, but with the book club. So we'll, we'll set out a few chapters or a few books from the youth liking, and we'll come back and discuss that. We have another program called Seniors 2020, okay. uh, which uh, focuses on the hardships for, for seniors. So seniors didn't get, as we know, didn't get a prom. Some of them didn't get a graduation. They got the graduation push back. So this this gives a form in which, which um, seniors can come talk about their issues or other ongoing issues having to do and revolving around graduation or things like that or anything right. at all. So um, as of right now, actually, we're creating a bullet journaling program, which will come out within the next few days. So if you want, you guys can stay tuned for that. Uh, I know bullet journaling could help anxiety or any type of organizational skills you're having issues with. Because that is necessary right now. A lot of seniors are very heavily affected with that college, high school, whatever it may be. Thank you. Yes, found on, um, on any of the websites or flyers that we've been handing out. So about everything that you also said can be found on the highbydry.org website, right? Yes, like that is correct. I think that is great that you are keeping the support going for these kids, making programs, these book clubs. So I think it's great that you're doing this and keep it going. And, you know, really quick, I, I can tell that this is in your blood considering, you know, how quick you just didn't skip a beat to go into those tips. You know, you, it's, it's, let's give a beat to help people out, you know, so we welcome that, honestly. And... With those programs you mentioned, you know, considering you have to do them virtually, do you find that easier or harder? Yes and no, because I found that um, at a time where technology is like at its best, there's a lot of pitfalls to it, mm -hmm. um, especially with virtual counseling, because there's, there's really no straight answer for this. So I feel like it can be beneficial for people who don't have transportation or who don't have intensive or who don't need or require intensive counseling. Just mm -hmm. for like example, it's hard to do virtual counseling with someone who requires a high level of care, like someone who is suicidal or someone who is um, enduring uh, abuse in the home. Right. Due to not being able to maintain a safe environment in which we can talk to them about sensitive, sensitive situations. On the other hand, it's very useful, for example, like right now, COVID-19, like, um, People don't have vehicles, they can't get to us. So in general, it's a good tool to use to get in contact youth. Mm -hmm. um, the other hardship of this, of course, is that some youth don't have the technology. So the answer is like, it's, it could be more difficult than it is to provide virtual counseling. But in that case, we, we have other ways to provide stuff. But yeah, typically speaking, dealing with the population that we deal with, um, a good amount of them are not able to obtain the technology resources for virtual sessions. <laughs> What would happen if your clients don't have the technology and all these resources to do these virtual programs? How can you keep reaching out to these clients? If clients don't have the technology resources, uh, we can advocate for the schools to give them Chromebooks, uh, in which we've done that. And actually, the schools have been very receptive to that. They've, they've been giving out Chromebooks left and right to people who need them best as they can. Also, Sanctuary can provide the technology or resources. We can do that as well if need be. Wow. It's, it's great that you are keeping up with these technology plans and making sure that you can keep helping these students. So it's a, it's a very courageous thing that you're doing. So keep keep on doing it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. Now, um, moving on to general for this pandemic, forced everyone into our homes. What would you say is like a hectic day or a crazy day? There's a lot of hectic days, but I, I mean, I feel like it's not, it's pretty manageable, but a hectic day for me, I guess, would look like um, 
for when there's a housing call. So a housing call would be that somebody ran away, someone got kicked out, or someone's being abused in the home, mm. in which then we would have to um, uh, pick them up and do what we do with them, or find them housing or a family mediate. But um, yeah, housing call can happen whenever and any time of the day. It can even happen at night since we have a hotline for it. So right. we're doing other things on top of that. So I would consider that a hectic day, especially depending on some of the more serious cases. So would you say hectic is an overstatement or would you say that's just right, the way to define it? I think it would define it's pretty hectic. Yeah, <laughs> There's a lot okay. of moving parts that have to go into keeping a kid safety. Right. So when every second doing, counts. Yeah, exactly. Every second counts. Okay. Well, is there a specific experience that has made working for Sanctuary worthwhile to you or experiences? Um, there is. There's a, there's quite a few. Um, but again, I can't be here all day explaining all of those things. There's right. really too many. So I think the main you wish, but I think the main ones would be um, that make it worthwhile for me working for Sanctuary would be the opportunities it gives me as well as the trainings. So when I say opportunities, I mean opportunities to get get to know so many different people within my job because we work with schools from all over uh, township of Huntington. So that's. It's a big area if you guys know Huntington. Some other jobs, I wouldn't be able to get this exposure to as many people as I do. Like I get to talk to principals, I get to talk to youth, I get to understand like where they're coming from, where they're living. So that's a big opportunity to me. Right. Um, I love working closely with my community as well. Uh, I love Huntington. So um, it's definitely changed the perspective I've had of this town because I've only lived here for like the past nine years and I've worked at Sanctuary for the past year and a half. Mm -hmm. So um, it really makes me smile when I get to work with youth and see what other youth have been doing after I've, uh, had, after I've done my services with them. Right. So, for example, I was tabling an event at National Night Out. So it's an event having to do with gang prevention and just um, bringing communities together. And uh, I saw youth that I had not seen in months and months from when I actually worked with them. So this person was actually uh, not going to school, uh, not listening to parents, and he was running away from home. And at this, at this function, um, I saw him work in a kind of cotton candy machine volunteering. Oh. And not in a million years would I have thought I'd seen this kid doing it. But it just goes to show, like, the little bit of help that you do do um, goes a very long way that to impact someone's life. Uh, so yet this person is here doing community service without being forced by anybody. So I actually went up to him and he was doing a lot better. So to me, that's something uh, really amazing that um, kids that really can't ex that words really can't explain for right now. Um, right. Yeah, so it's a special opportunity. The second thing is Sanctuary offers our staff so many different trainings and conferences that they send us to. They really support our growth as professionally. So for example, um, there's a training that we want to go to or there's something that we're showing interest to having to do with social work or Sanctuary. Uh, they'll send us to it, even if there's some type of cost, uh, which some jobs don't do that. They make you pay for all your trainings. And they make you um, go to your trainings at your own timing. Right. So they really help us out with supporting our career paths. So I really appreciate that. So it definitely makes it worthwhile for me to work for Sanctuary. So the importance really is just, you know, building those relationships and kind of becoming a friend to someone when they need it, you know, and that's what you said, that story. Get Put put a smile on my face, you know, seeing someone. It's meaningful. From, yeah, from a life of risk and whatever it may be to somebody who's working with the community. Is there a time that was so memorable that a program really, really changed someone? You know, you saw the look on their face or some something specific, something so memorable. Mm -hmm. If you have time for a story to, to share with us. Well, that, that's fine. The start, I feel Sanctuary has helped so many youth directly and indirectly in so many ways. Like I said, um, 
you don't know how you impact somebody until you actually see it with your own eyes. So it's really, I think, powerful thing to, to realize. For example, we housed a youth that had run away from home due to physical abuse. We housed her and gave her a safe location through our host homes. So our host homes are, are um, families which volunteer their homes to help uh, reunify a new family. So within this process called the reunification process. And um, after some family sessions, referrals, individual counseling, uh, the youth had been home with no further problems since they left sanctuary. So actually, we keep up with this person and or they they um, kept in contact with me as well and let me know how things are going. So I can say I've connected with this person uh, individually more so than with someone else just because they allowed me to. Like not everybody allows me to get that close with them, but this person did. So I feel like um, they really appreciated the help that we gave them. And that's something, again, that I say, I never, I don't get to see that a lot. Right. So when you get to see our, our work uh, be appreciated in that way. I feel like it's very memorable to me that I was able to help this person in a situation that they saw no escape from. That's amazing, honestly. I mean, the the youth that need this help, you know, it's it has an effect on them for the rest of their lives. This is very heartfelt, you know, and very meaningful, powerful. So just to kind of lighten the mood, you know, we have some fun questions just to kind of end off with. Uh, so James, if you could just go ahead and, you know, ask that first one, we'll just get started right away. So what kind of shampoo might you use? <laughs> if um, you do use any. Actually, I don't use shampoo because uh, if you haven't noticed my hair, well, I guess people can't see me because they're listening to this, but um, <laughs> it dries up my hair. So I actually use apple cider vinegar and like a variety, a variety of uh, conditioners. To, to well, I wouldn't have thought of that. That's interesting. So yeah. you mix them together. Right. No, no. Oh. So I, what I'll do, if you want to know, I will apply the apple cider vinegar first. You know, let that sit for a little bit, wash it out, and then I'll just put the conditioner in, let that sit for a while, and then I wash that out. So you know, vinegar. That's what, that's what I. Hopefully, that's what I meant. <laughs> but that sounds. It, it's good for 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 your hair you to keep it. What was the word? I was going to say moisturized, but like luscious, not dried out. Right. That's part for me. Cause of course you can't see it cause you're listening. Like he said, but my hair is just like his. So <laughs> I should probably try that out. Definitely. So just another question that maybe some people may be interested in, you know, it's a debate that never ends. I would say is the question of, do you prefer tea or coffee or neither? You know? Oh, that's a hard question. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's not a hard question. I know a lot of people oh. would probably say that I'm crazy, but I actually despise and hate coffee. I can't drink it. I just don't like the taste or smell. It doesn't wait. I don't like the way it makes really? it. Really? No, so I actually prefer <laughs> tea way more. Even with creamer? Or no, nothing, nothing, nothing works for you with coffee? No, nothing. Just straight up tea. I don't even really put sugar in my tea unless like... Not also, yet. really needs it, right? Every now and then. But yeah, no, tea for the win. What kind of tea is your favorite? Um, ginseng tea is actually green green tea with ginseng in it. My favorite, all time favorite. I can drink that. I I'd have to agree with you. I I like coffee. Like I'm okay with it. But when it comes to coffee and tea, I I choose tea too. So yeah, I'm with you. Really it's refreshing. <laughs> exactly. So then another thing we just want to do a quick bit is if you could just tell us two truths and a lie. And so there's two other speakers, Connor and Beth, in here that they're going to try and guess which ones are true and which one is the lie all right i got this i got this so i'll give you guys two truths and a lie so let's see my cousin is mariano rivera i'm a dj and i know how to snowboard can you guess which is which hmm. um, i'm gonna, I'm gonna guess, guess the last one is a lie uh, the snowboarding one 
I'm gonna guess that the last one is light too. Okay. Uh, well, actually, I can DJ because I'm a pretty good DJ. I mean, I'm not professional at it, but I'm a good DJ. And also, I do know how to snowboard. Um, the lie was Mariano Rivera is actually not my cousin. Oh. I know. Because actually, everybody everybody gets that wrong. And I've done this for at least like three years since I've worked at a summer camp. And uh-huh. nobody ever gets that right. Everybody thinks Mariano, Mariano Rivera actually is. They like you. They think that you're, <laughs> you're related to someone famous. So I wish. I would be, I would be uh, livid right now if Mariano Rivera was my cousin. <laughs> I, should, I should consider you for some, for some parties, DJ Mike, I think, huh? Yeah, you should. There you, you should. go. Get you on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we thank you so much for your time. Honestly, everything that you told us was just amazing and hey. heartfelt and powerful. And I hope that people maybe can follow down the same path as you if they feel like that's what they want to do. You know, it's it's a lot goes into it, and it's just amazing the way you can help your community. Thank you again for listening now to the sixth episode of Pep Talk. We hope you'll join us for the next one, and we'll see you later. Have a great one. Thank you, and good night. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate Excel, and I appreciate all the great things you guys are doing. Uh, I love this podcast idea, and I'd be blessed to actually be back on the show again if you guys let me. Um, Anytime you need me, let me know, and I'll be here. Thanks. Yeah, we got you. (laughs)